Hi, everybody. Sifu Jacob Bernand here with Ironware Martial Arts. Wonderful afternoon. And a perfect time to share with you all this interesting subject that you're going to find throughout um, traditional martial arts. You're going to find it throughout um, Indonesian, Filipino, Chinese, and um, most... Asian traditional and Southeast Asian traditional fighting systems. And that's teacher, teacher worship. I don't want to get it confused with idol worshiping because we're not worshiping some golden calf or inanimate object. We are celebrating, in a sense, the life of your teacher. So, when I was studying traditional Chinese martial arts, it's a young man, very young man. You walk in and here's this 72-year-old figure. He outlived my grandfather. My grandfather died at 65. Here's this 72-year-old figure. Highly respected in the Chinese community. He's almost like the godfather of Chinatown in San Francisco. Talking about Grandmaster Weissing Wong. Um, can't walk down the street without being stopped. People shaking his hands. He learned from some of the most prestigious people in traditional Chinese martial arts. and He, he reached the pinnacle of his study. Mastery. High-level mastery. Um, he's a great grandmaster in the sense of the level that he attained. Although we all just called him Sifu. As humbling as that is. So here's a man who dedicated his entire life, didn't have any other job, started training at the age of three. He was born into it. He was born in China. Hong uh, from uh, Guangdong. He lived in Guangdong and went over to Hong Kong to learn with great grandmaster Lum Zhou. Now, this is a direct lineage coming from Shaolin with some of the most superb proponents of the style. So you meet this man, and you also look at the, his background and the other people that he studied from. His studio was adorned with 50 years of history, training, dedication, sacrifice to students, to his life's pursuit, the best years of his life's. You know, you're in your 30s, you're in your 20s. You could goof off, you could do other things, you could try different things, but no, this man did one thing. And as a young man meeting the him and training with my teacher, my Sifu, it's so humbling. It's a, it's a sense of shock. It's really hard to articulate. Have you ever met somebody who's dedicated their entire life to something? All the sacrifice, the hard work, the finances... You put your money on it. You can put your house on what you do. Have you ever loved something so much that you're going to put everything, all your investments onto something and keep doing it your whole life and keep pushing forward? Not only because what you believe in, but what you, you know, to spend a life teaching, of educating, of helping and sacrifice and service to others. It's so humbling. And meeting somebody like that is, is so rare. So rare. So much history, an entire life's work. So people draw pictures of them, they celebrate them, 
because that is an, a life dedicated to servitude of others, of helping people. It's it's righteous, and um, even from the standpoint of of following something to dedicate your whole life to something is is really quite interesting. When you think about this subject, how many of you out there listening right now um, have just done one thing? I'm pretty sure you can tell me that as a teenager, maybe you worked in the restaurant industry. Maybe you still are in the restaurant industry. You tried washing cars. You worked at a grocery store. You became a manager. You opened up a business. Maybe you were an entrepreneur. You tried this. You tried that. Maybe you had seven or eight different types of positions in your life. You know, I mean, there's, there's probably several things that you've done. You know, probably seven or eight, maybe more, maybe 18, <laughs> you know, or there's some people who've had one job and that that's commendable, but most of us have tried many things. My teacher started training at the age of three, never stopped. So did my Eskrima teacher, by the way, great grandmaster Attilo from Cebu. Guess where Belentawak Eskrima is from? Cebu. He's one of the original founding members. He was in World War II. He inherited from his father. Most of these grandmasters are born into this stuff. They start very young. And they follow it. It's beautiful. And they dedicate their life to it. Great Grandmaster Attilo, uh, Blentawak Eskrima. Attilo Blentawak Eskrima, original Saavedra style. He also has pictures and people celebrating him and his life and what he's done and the way he's helped people. It's beautiful. It's beautiful how these teachers do that. They dedicate their life to something. How, much, how many of us can do that? We go through so many changes. And changes is good. I'm not putting it down. I'm just saying it's very rare to meet a man or a woman who has done something and dedicated their life to it. And then they do it openly to help people and uh, for the betterment and servitude of the world. It's rare. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's a wonderful thing. So in meeting my teacher, uh, well, no, in, in becoming a disciple and now a proponent of uh, Great Grandmaster Wai Su Wong, in 2007, I went to China with him to meet his teacher. So imagine being a young man, early 20s, um, you know, flabbergasted to be a disciple and a student of this illustrious mentor, father figure, teacher, you know, and so much more. Um, and then I meet his teacher, who's 99. So I, you know, my, you know, here's my teacher, 72, 73. And then I meet his teacher, he's 98, 99. And here's another person where you go into Great Grandmaster Lum Joe's studio, and it's just dozens and dozens of pictures and portraits of uh, himself and people that have um, painted him in a homage to what he's done in his life. And there's been gurus and sifus and masters and escrimadors and great-grandmasters who have done this, who have dedicated their life and service to teaching and exploring and mastering the arts. And these people, um, in a sense, uh, are worshipped, but it's more of, it's, it's a thing that's hard to articulate. Because I look at it as they're still alive, but it's like you're a part, you become a part of living history. You know, when somebody passes on, we call it a celebration of life. Well, it's almost as if these people... No, it is as if these people are living and we are celebrating their life 
as they're living in their accomplishments, especially as they hit older age. In the mystical way of study, you know, you're a young man, you accumulate knowledge, maybe you start a family, and then in um, in old age, you go into deep retirement, or you become a hermit, or, you know, you, uh, or or if you're in a village society, if you're uh, in tribal society, uh, the elders become worshipped. And even in Confucianism, the elders become worshipped because they've attained all this great knowledge and life and experience. And, And that's the natural way of things. As you get older, people then come to you and seek you out. There's always a village elder. Even if you're not uh, aware of what I'm speaking of now, if you've never uh, met or been a part of uh, what I'm speaking of, then, uh, you know, think of it as like the village elder, you know, uh, celebrated, you know, and then to be able to learn from them is even more things. So if a teacher should never ask to be um, worshipped, and very rarely do they put a title on themselves. This is something that the students do as a homage and um it's 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 recognized even if you're silent and humble like my super was you could be silent you could be humble um and it because it, it it's recognized the universe responds to them and what they've done and it's celebrated so it's not idol worshiping be careful of idol worshiping be careful of worshiping an idea and even when the knowledge comes from these great teachers listen to what i'm saying to you even when the great knowledge comes from the even when the, the the great insights and knowledge comes from these teachers you still have to think for yourself because that's what they're teaching you to do is to think for yourself so beware of idol worshiping and if your teacher um is among uh that that group who's dedicated their lives and celebrate their life while they're living while they're living and hold them in your memories even after they pass and carry the torch on but don't use their memory. Don't use their history as a weapon. Don't use it as a weapon. Don't follow in their footsteps. Usually these great mentors are wonderful people. They all have their quirks. But they're usually all wonderful people. So, with that being said, beware of idol worshipping. And celebrate your mentor's life while they're living. And their accomplishments. And let them know about it thank them. When I was with great grandmaster Wai Xu Wong, my sifu, I'm now teaching his style. I would thank him every day for helping me. To the last day I saw him, I said, thank you for helping me. Thank you for helping me. And he did. I'd be, I'd be dead without him for all the um, nonsense I was in, into as a young man. Great grandmaster Tillo, I would thank him every time. My Navy SEAL teacher, I'd thank him. World champion Kathy Long, I'd thank her. Be blessed for, te- you know, uh, being a student. Your teachers don't have the answer to everything, but they're giving you stuff that will last your whole life and insights for where you can teach and educate yourself. Celebrate the life of your teacher. I'm Sifu Jake Renan, and this is Martial Arts.